Dear Money, Breaking up is hard to do. But I need to tell you, I've met someone else. You promised to secure my future and make me happy. I felt safe with you and believed we could grow together. But not long ago, you sprout wings like an eagle and flew away from me. I guess our relationship changed. Or maybe I changed. Maybe you changed me. I'm not sure if I'm more possessive of you or vice versa. Can't live with you, can't live without you. I feel like a slave serving a master. I want my freedom back. So goodbye, money. I loved you once, but let's just be friends, okay? I'm Ron Jones. Something good starts right now. Jesus said, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Hello, I'm Brian Davis, and you're listening to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. And in just a few moments, Ron continues his series, His Money, Your Faith, by asking a simple yet profound question. Where is your heart? You'll find it by looking at where your treasure is. Today's message is straight ahead. Stick around if you can or listen anytime on your schedule at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Now here's Ron with today's message, your eternal portfolio. Well, one of my favorite sections of scripture is known as the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, this is uh, found in Matthew chapters five, six, and seven, probably one of Jesus's most famous sermons, or some people say collection of sermons that uh, were developed several weeks ago or months ago when we were in Israel. We went to the Mount of Beatitudes on the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee, and we went to the place that many people believe Jesus delivered these words found in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. It's a very practical section of scripture. It's one of three major discourses that Jesus delivered and that are recorded for us in the Gospels. You have the Sermon on the Mount, you have the Upper Room Discourse, Matthew or John 13 through 17, and then you have the Olivet Discourse. Just days before he went to the cross, he uh, met with his, well, at least three or four of his disciples on the Mount of Olives and talked about the end of the age and signs of his second coming. But the Sermon on the Mount is one that everybody kind of knows about. And it's a very practical teaching as you read through it, you'll, you'll find Jesus landing upon life in a lot of different ways. And it shouldn't surprise us that he, he talks about money. It's one of his favorite subjects for reasons that we'll get into this morning. He spoke more about money than he did heaven and hell combined. And so in the Sermon on the Mount, we have Jesus talking about uh, our treasures on earth and in heaven in Matthew 6, verses 19 through 24. Interestingly enough, this section of scripture is just prior to the time he talks about worry. And he says, don't be anxious about anything, but pray about everything and so forth. So I'm just gonna take a stab in the dark here. There might be somebody here who's worried about money. Um, Jesus has a lot to say about both our wealth and our worry and it's right here in the Sermon on the, on the Mount. Now, because Matthew 6, verses 19 to 24, which I'm gonna read in just a moment, has to do with money, some people like to call this the Sermon on the Amount, and that's a good way of thinking about it. Um, I got a bigger laugh in the eight o'clock service, by the way. 
Maybe you've heard it before. But let me read Matthew 6, verses 19 through 24, the words of Jesus. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Now, we've been talking in this series about uh, God's plan for financial freedom. We talked about that in week two, and we said that means free of debt, free from the love of money, free to give generously. And do you remember the last one? Free to have, oh, come on, free to have fun. You missed that one? Free of debt, free from the love of money, free to give generously, and free to have fun. And we got after the free of de- from debt one and the free from the love of money one, This morning, I want to get after the free to give generously one. And again, as we talk about giving from the perspective of Jesus here, I don't want you to tense all up and get nervous about what the preacher is going to say. Just relax. No hidden agenda here. Let's just hear what Jesus has to say about a very important subject here. And I want to share with you six principles from this reading from Matthew 6, 19 to 24, and some other passages we'll go to, but six principles about giving and generosity and and why this is a a subject that is important for all of us. What's in it for all of us? What's the self-interest there, if I could put it that way? And um, there are reasons why uh, giving is an important thing for all of us to do, to grow in the grace of giving and in the grace of generosity. Along the way, and before we get into those six items, let's just talk about two portfolios. I've mentioned this earlier, but there are really two portfolios that every one of us is building or should be building. One is an earthly portfolio. The other is an eternal portfolio. Jesus has primarily in mind our eternal portfolio in this passage that I just read, but we could go other places where the scripture teaches us to focus you know, appropriately on our earthly portfolio. But let me just lay down some, some ideas and some principles here. We invest in an earthly portfolio for income. We get that, don't we? I mean, whether it's stocks and bonds or mutual funds or precious metals or real estate or whatever, savings and investments we're, we're trying to build for the future and maybe build an income stream. But you invest in your eternal portfolio for outcome. What outcome am I talking about? I'm talking about the outcome of a changed life when you invest in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ through your church and other places. And you invest in eternity. You invest in changed lives and the outcome that the gospel is going to produce in that person's life. Earthly wealth grows by buying and selling. Now We understand that. You buy low, you sell high. That's how you make money in the stock market, right? That's how you make money in the real estate market. You buy low and you sell high. I've never been able to time that very well. That's why it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market, you know, and just staying there for the long haul. But buying and selling is is what we do in the earthly marketplace as we build our earthly portfolio. But our eternal portfolio, eternal wealth grows by sowing 
and reaping. And we'll come back to that principle in a little bit. So here are six principles of giving that um, are important for all of us to consider. Number one, giving is an investment in eternity. Jesus says it this way, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. He's very clear here. He's talking about an earthly investment versus a heavenly investment, an eternal investment. Now, everybody I know, including myself, is looking for a good investment tip. I wish I had been on the receiving end of the one that said, you know, there's this little company out on the you know, West Coast uh, called Microsoft that you ought to think about investing in. Wouldn't you have liked to have gotten in on the ground floor of that one? Or Dell or you know, one, one of these uh, high-tech companies or Coca-Cola, you know, bought it for pennies on the dollar. Everybody's looking for a good investment tip and there are all kinds of shows you can watch on television, cable TV, uh, financial news programs. Imagine when you're watching one of them and there's a panel of maybe five guests Neil Cavuto is, you know, the, the moderator there. And they're all spouting off their investment strategies for the coming year. And one guy over here says, it's time to get out of the stock market and get into bonds. The other one says, no, it's not time for that. Exactly, just the opposite. It's time to get out of bonds and get into equities, into the stock market. Another guy over here, you know, he's, he's uh, advocating precious metals, gold and silver as an insurance policy against the future. Somebody else is talking about real estate. And then the Fifth person is, is Jesus, and he gives his investment advice. He says, listen, he says, I've got investment advice that is literally out of this world. Pull everything out of earth and put it into heaven. Can you imagine advice like that? Neil Cavuto's jaw dropping to the floor. Never invited again to a panel like that. What are you, crazy? Pull everything out of earth and put it into heaven? It's kind of what he's saying here. He says, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. That happens, doesn't it? Just about the time that portfolio of yours is, is growing, the stock market is growing, there's a crash or a correction. By the way, it happens about every 8 to 10, maybe 11 years. <laughs> We're due for one, another one. And it just kind of comes and goes, doesn't it? Or, or that, that real estate investment you made or whatever it is. He says the, the thieves break in and steal. Yeah, today even the identity thieves can get at your stuff. And at the end of the day, you can't take it with you anyway. You know that, don't you? You can't take it with you, but you can send it ahead. And that's where your eternal portfolio comes uh, into being. Jesus literally has a vision for your financial life and mine that's out of this world. So he says, pull it out of earth and put it into heaven. Think of it this way, when you came to faith in Jesus Christ, I don't think it's a stretch to suggest that God opened a bank account in your name in heaven. Call it a heavenly 401k account. And you say, well, pastor, that's stretching it a little bit, isn't it? No, I really don't think so. In fact, in Paul's letter to the Philippians, He's encouraging them for a number of things that they've done to benefit his ministry and to help him out. And he encourages them for the gift that they gave, the financial gift that they gave to his ministry. But he says in chapter 4 and verse 17, not that I'm looking for a gift from you. He says, I'm not looking for something from you. He says, but I am looking for what may be 
credited to your account. That's financial language. He's saying, in effect, there's an account in heaven with your name on it, and because you invested in my ministry, Paul says, I am thrilled that that credit is going to your account. So so imagine you have a heavenly 401k account. Still ahead, the second half of today's message with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Listen to Ron's messages on demand at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. When you stop by, check out Something Good Courses, where you'll find Starting Point, A Disciple's First Steps, a free online discipleship coaching experience created by Dr. Ron Jones. That's Starting Point, A Disciple's First Steps, where you'll discover what being a disciple of Christ is all about and learn how to help others grow in their faith. Most of us save money for our later years, but the question we should ask ourselves is, what are we storing up for our eternal years? Here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good radio message, your eternal portfolio. Now, in the earthly world, studies have shown that people who work for an employer that make a 401k account available to them to invest in, in, in their future, there's a high percentage of Americans that have zero in those accounts. The account is open, the account is available, they never take advantage of it. And they get to that age where, you know, we say we need to retire or move on to something else. And, you know, they're looking around for for somebody to take care of them, like the government or somebody like that, because they didn't put anything in their 401k account. It's up to you to do that. Government makes available IRA plans and tax deductible plans. There are all kinds of ways to invest for the future. And there are biblical reasons to do that. But it's equally frightening to imagine Christians ending up in heaven and realizing they didn't put anything in their heavenly 401k account. Now, heaven will be heaven for everybody who is there by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, but if I understand the words of Jesus correctly, it will be more heavenly for some who who chose to lay up for themselves treasures in heaven. And circle those words, for yourselves. Jesus uses that phrase, Twice in these verses. Don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth. It's all going to go away one day. But by comparison, he's wanting us to think eternally. He says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. I call this sanctified self-interest. This is something you need to do and I need to do for ourselves because there's an eternal benefit for it. Now, be careful. You can't buy your way into heaven. That's not what I'm talking about. But your experience in heaven and my experience in heaven is is enhanced in some way that I don't completely understand. When we invest in heaven, when we send it ahead, and Jesus says that this is the most safe, secure investment you can make. Because when you lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, it's a place where neither moth nor rust destroys, where the thieves, even the identity thieves, cannot break in and steal. And I'm here to tell you, heaven has a dividend reinvestment plan that is literally out of this world. I don't know how it all calculates up, but when you and I take the step of faith to live generously, 
to give to God first, to lay up for ourselves. Again, sanctified self-interest here. Jesus is telling us to do this. And when we take the step of faith to do that, I don't know, there's some kind of eternal benefit on the other side that makes heaven even more heavenly than it already is. Larry Burkett was um, one of the pioneers of teaching in the area of biblical financial stewardship. He's with the Lord today, but years ago, before he passed away, he led uh, Christian Financial Concepts, which later became Crown Financial Ministries. Larry Burkett used to say, the Lord tells us that there really is something akin to the first national bank of heaven, and he wants us to know that we can invest for eternity. Haddon Robinson was a professor at one of my alma maters, Dallas Theological Seminary, and he was a radio Bible teacher and a great expositor of Scripture. Wrote a book on the Sermon on the Mount. When he came to these these verses right here, he said these words. 2,000 years have passed. The situation may have changed, but the reality hasn't. Stocks and bonds are at the mercy of a changing market. Inflation, like a rat, can nibble away at a bank account. Currency can be devalued. Houses, boats, and cars are subject to fire, tornadoes, and rust. Even land can lose its value with just one chemical spill. Wherever we put our wealth, there are no guarantees. Only short-sighted investors build up portfolios on this earth. Jesus gave better advice on investments. Equities built up in heaven are more secure and bring better dividends. I was hoping an amen might shout out there. But let's move on. Giving is an investment in eternity. Secondly, giving moves my heart closer to God. Here's how Jesus said it in verse 21. He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Think about that for a moment. Where your money goes shapes your heart. And your heart is shaped by where your money goes. Another way of saying it is a glimpse inside your financial life or mine is a peek inside our heart. It tells the whole story on our heart. And you want to know why Jesus spent so much time talking about money, why 16 of the 38 parables that he told have a money or stewardship theme to them? It's because he's trying to get to the heart of the matter in all of this. And the heart of the matter has to do with who sits on the throne of our lives. Giving moves my heart closer to God, and the opposite is true as well. I think what Jesus is looking for is people like, uh, well, let's just say Moses in the Old Testament. He's also mentioned in the Hebrew Hall of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11, and here's what the writer of Hebrews says about Moses in a summary kind of fashion. He says, Moses regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. You're listening to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones and today's message, Your Eternal Portfolio. It's part of Ron's series, His Money, Your Faith. Look for it under the library tab at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. While you're there, please know you're always invited to share your prayer request with us. Click on Explore from the homepage and then look for the How Can We Pray For You option. Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. All Scripture is profitable for teaching and reproof. 
But let's face it, God gave us a lot of scripture. 66 books and more than 600,000 words, and it can sometimes be a little overwhelming to read. That's why I wrote my new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, to help you navigate your way through the highways and byways of God's Word and see how it all fits together so brilliantly, how every path, every passage, and every page points to Jesus, who is the Christ. The book comes in two volumes. Volume one covers the 39 books of the Old Testament, while volume two takes you through each of the 27 New Testament books. Both are now available to order, and I'd love to send them to you today. Here's Brian with details. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1 and 2, can be yours today by request for your gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of Something Good. When you order the print versions, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The online library includes electronic versions of the book, plus video sermons, audio messages, and downloadable sermon notes on all 66 books of the Bible. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to request the two-volume set and to gain immediate access to the Route 66 digital library. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Pastor Ron, there are so many good books published every year. Why should someone buy The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible? And who did you have in mind when you wrote these literary travel guides through the Old and New Testaments? You know, Brian, your questions make me think of the words of wise Solomon in Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 12. Of the making of many books, he writes, there is no end. And oh, how true that is. For what it's worth, as a Bible teaching pastor for more than 30 years, the ultimate road trip through the Bible is my way of helping people understand the overall story of Scripture and how all 66 books of the Bible fit together into a unified work of the Holy Spirit. I wrote with all kinds of people in mind, starting with the serious Bible student, even those who teach the Bible. I'm thinking of pastors, Sunday school teachers, and small group Bible study leaders who might use these two volumes in their preparation. But I also wrote for the person who is just getting acquainted with the Bible, which we all know is the best-selling book of all time. Brian, you can read The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible from beginning to end like any other book, or place it in your Bible study toolbox. I know that if you're a lifelong learner of God's Word as I am, you will return to The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible repeatedly. As companions to your personal Bible study, these books will always help you see the big picture before you dive into the details of any book of the Bible. That's why I'll be ordering my own copy, Pastor Ron. We're so glad you decided to share this important book with us. And you can get your copy today by going to somethinggoodradio.org. Both volumes of this great resource are yours for a gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of Something Good. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. I'm an American, not an Americant, right? I mean, can't and cannot is just not part of some of our vocabulary. And so when Jesus says, you cannot serve God in money, that's hard for me to factor. If you had said, it's hard for me to do that, if it's an uphill climb to do that, okay. 
but I cannot do it because he knows there's only one seat on the throne of your life and my life. And perhaps the greatest threat to the Lordship of Jesus Christ in our life is this little thing called money. It's why he went after it so many times and at times prescribed radical financial surgery. And by the way, you don't have to have a lot of money to make money your God. It just takes a little bit to, to insert that in, in Jesus' rightful place. That's tomorrow in part two of Ron's message, Your Eternal Portfolio. So join us then for Something Good. Now for Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying so long and thanks for listening.